ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. You're listening to Breakdown, an exclusive podcast of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. For more information, including photos, court records, and video, go to AJC.com slash news slash breakdown. Also, please join our Breakdown Facebook group to meet our reporters and ask questions about our story. Previously on Breakdown. He wished it never happened like that, that he would never want that to happen, and he prayed for Ahmad's mother and family daily. Their defense is summed up in an idea of grabbing their guns, chasing, boxing my son in with the vehicles, pursuing him, and eventually shooting him to death, ripping his body into pieces. And that was the right thing to do. Every every minute, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I just all night last night. I couldn't. I can't. I can't sleep. I can't sit up. You know, go. I got my mask on. Everybody, I'm trying to sleep, but I can't. It's just. You know, I wake up every fifteen or twenty minutes. You know, you know, you've you've heard, bothered me. You've heard the old saying, uh, "No good deed goes unpunished." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, that's it. That's the best shining example right there. Welcome back to Breakdown. I'm Bill Rankin of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We're covering the case of Ahmad Aubrey, who was shot and killed February 23, 2020. Shortly before the turn of the year, several body cam videos taken by officers arriving to the scene of Aubrey's killing were made public. And these videos contain recordings of conversations. And yes, we love audio. They are between responding officers and the three men charged with Aubrey's murder. Travis McMichael, who fired the fatal shotgun blasts, his father Greg McMichael, and Roddy Bryant. That means you're going to hear what the three defendants said in the moments after Aubrey was shot and killed in the Satilla Shores neighborhood just outside of Brunswick, Georgia. I have to say, this was an extremely grim job to do. I mean, there's Aubrey lying in the middle of the road in a puddle of his own blood while much of the investigation is ongoing. Finally, Blessedly, at one point, someone puts a sheet over his body. Regardless, this was not easy to watch. At all. I'm joined again by my colleague, Asia Burns. She watched it too, of course. Asia, why don't you describe the scene? Well, overall, the scene looks like footage taken from a horror movie in the early stages of production. When you're aware of what you're watching and of what you're about to see, 
the normalcy is pretty unsettling. The body cam footage from the first officer on the scene shows a bright blue sky over a neat, small-town neighborhood. The lawns aren't perfectly manicured, but the grass is green. For the most part, the street is empty. Then, a figure in the roadway jars you. A man, who we now recognize as Ahmad Arbery, is lying face down in the street. Seeing him from a distance is surreal. He's lying almost directly on top of the double yellow lines in the road. His arms are tucked under him and his legs are sprawled in a way that looks strange. It looks like a position that no living person could comfortably lie in. And it almost appears like he's been placed there by someone on a movie set. Once the officer gets closer, you see the blood. It's pooling under a mod and it's bright red in contrast to his stark white t-shirt. Travis McMichael, who is standing at the right side of the frame, has the same bright red blood on his hands and arms. To the left of the frame, there's Greg McMichael, with blood on his right hand. For me, the moment where reality set in was about 10 seconds into the video. You see Ahmad's head and foot move, and you can hear a small groan, though it's not entirely clear if it comes from Ahmad or from Travis, who at that point had started pacing in a nearby lawn. That sure paints the picture. Now let's take it step by step. We'll start with the officer who first arrived at the scene. Here he is telling another officer what happened. I was coming right through there and I heard the shots. I didn't, to me a minute grass was going on, I heard the shots, you know, I was coming through, but I didn't realize what had happened until I got right there. And then, yeah, as I was coming around right by where the fire truck is, I mean, dude, when the shots were fired, I was right around that freaking bush over there coming this way. Mm. And then when I got around here, man, he was already on the ground. It took me a minute to see, you know, kind of see what, what, what had happened. You gotta... He's the one that comes to call come out for it. Yeah. That first officer who arrived can be seen working to lock down the scene. You can hear him talking to dispatch and saying he's 10-4, which means okay. Then you can hear Greg talking to Travis and to the Glen County police officer. Travis, got it on film. He said, Travis, Roddy's got it on film, referring to Roddy's cell phone video. All right, guys, everybody's got the weapons up, correct? Everybody's yes, got the weapons up. Okay. Next, you hear Greg telling the officer his son had no choice. Then, if you listen closely as the officer is talking to the dispatcher, you can hear Greg telling Travis he had no choice. Dispatch, roll the squad. I'm 10-4. He had no choice, man. Clear 10-4. You know where he got shot at, man? He shot on the front side, too? Okay, all right. Dispatch 24, I need to know if you were involved. Negative. It's going to be a black male, middle of the roadway. Looks like about mid-20s. The officer calls for backup and for another police unit to bring him some caution tape. He then walks back to his car, he gets his phone, and starts taking pictures of the scene. Dispatch, tell squad, come on in, the scene's secure. Clear. Bill, what's your impression about the initial response to the scene? Well, something that seemed a bit odd to me is that the first officer never touches Ahmad. He approaches him, he takes plenty of photos, and he secures the scene. But at no point did he check Ahmad's pulse. He also doesn't tell Travis and Greg to get on the ground or anything like that. The second officer to arrive at the scene is named Duggan. He asks the first responding officer the essential life-or-death question. 
No. It's about to be 10 7, man. Of course, that officer didn't really know whether Ahmad had a pulse or not. Like we said, he hadn't even touched him. In saying he's about to be 10-7, that's police code meaning out of service. In other words, he's saying Ahmad is about to die. Just after this exchange, you can barely hear someone moan. It's very slight. It could have come from Ahmad, which would mean he was still alive. Or it could have come from Travis, who was nearby. We really can't say for sure. Duggan grabs some plastic gloves, snaps them on, and walks over to the person face down in the puddle of blood on the street. Duggan then turns Ahmad over so he's facing up. I have to tell you, the sight of this is absolutely horrific, and it's borne out with Duggan's immediate reaction. When Duggan presses his hand on Arbery's chest, he gets this response from the first officer. I ain't got no person to keep an eye on that. I, I'm just gonna keep my hand on it. As Duggan squats down beside Ahmad, his hand pressed to his chest, Greg McMichael walks up. Just, just stay over there for me, sir. Yeah. Just stay over there. I know, I recognize you now. Yeah. McMichael, right? McMichael, yeah. That's my son, Travis. Okay. Yeah, just, just hang out over there for me. Duggan finally stands as Greg tells him Roddy captured it all on video. Then he says, All right. Yeah, there's, there's nothing I can do for this gentleman. Duggan takes his gloves off and wipes off the blood. He then tells dispatch that Ahmad is dead. 6-7, dispatch 10-7 this time. A couple minutes later, he told another officer what he'd just seen. It's like shotgun slug to the center chest. He was on his stomach when I got here. I rolled him over. He stopped breathing a couple yeah. minutes ago. Right. But he, he took his last gasp a couple minutes ago. I had, I had pressure on it, but there was nothing I could do. It was, it was a gasp. It was sucking. I could hear it gurgling when he was on his stomach. I didn't know what the extent was until I turned him over. Meanwhile, a female officer arrives at the scene and walks up to Travis. His hands and arms are covered with Ahmad's blood. He's pacing about beside himself. He looks upset, distraught. I know. Just, just breathe, okay? Alright. Come and get some stuff for you to clean up with, alright, sir? Okay. Um, we've got to take some pictures of you first. Do whatever you got. Yes, we got to take some photos and then we'll get some for you to clean up, alright? Alright. Uh, go get your camera. Oh, phone's fine. Go get something along those lines and do you have any other weapons or anything on you? Just that. Okay. If he were to stop, it's okay. That's fine. That's fine. Like I said, just take a breath. You're, you need to move around. Do what you need to do, man. That's, I, I can only imagine. Travis then begins to explain what happened, including motioning over to a mod lying on the pavement. We've had break-ins. Okay. And my gun's stolen. Okay. And uh, we called him the other day, and dad was outside, saw him running, running by, and the neighbor's pointing and everything. So saw who running by? Yeah. Okay. So we run out to stop him to talk to him. Mm -hmm. He took off on him. Stop, he come out of the truck running at us. I told him stop, stop, stop till he hit me. I had nothing to do. I couldn't, there's nothing else I could do. The officer tells him he'll soon be taken to police headquarters and formally interviewed. Everything's got to be done right. I know, I, 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 okay. I want it done right. <laughs> I got you, so. This just doesn't look good. I mean, it, 
Last thing, last thing I've ever done want to do in my life. I trust me, can truly Watch understand that. playing with my kid, next thing you hear this. If you recall, Travis was trying to put his four-year-old son down for a nap when his father told him he saw Ahmad running down the street in front of their house. The officer then takes photos of Travis's bloody hands and clothing. Do you have any bruises or any marks on you or anything? Do you need the squad to check you out? No, he... I just heard you said hit you. I yeah, didn't, I don't... he struck me a few times. Okay, well, let, let, him, let him look at you. Okay. Do you have... Where, where were you struck? Face. Okay, that's, that's fine. Just let me... Like I said, we, just want to, we don't want to miss anything, you know? In a separate body cam video, another officer walks up to Greg. Like we said, he has Ahmad's blood on his right hand. Pretty soon, you'll hear Greg say that his handgun was issued by the Glenn County Police Department. In fact, as Prosecutor Jesse Evans said during the bond hearing, Greg seems to take every opportunity to make note of the fact he's a former cop and DA's office investigator. So here's Greg recounting what happened. He's quite talkative and animated, so we let him go on for a bit. Um, what did, uh, did you see anything? All right, here's what, here's what precipitated the whole thing. I'm standing out here working on my boat, boat cushions in the back of my truck. Where, where's, where's your... Right over here, 230. Okay. Right here. <clears throat> this guy, who we've seen on video numerous times breaking into these other houses, he comes hauling ass down the street. I mean, he's got it hooked up. Was he on foot? On or... foot. Okay. On foot. I mean, he ain't jogging. He's hooked up. I run in the house. I said, Travis, the same guy that broke in the house down there. And who's Travis? My son. Got the shotgun. Okay. I said, come on, let's go. So Travis runs and gets his shotgun because the other night, the, the guy stuck his hand in his pants. And so I grabbed my seven Magnum. It's an old Glenn County PD issue, by the way. When I was out. And uh, so we take off. I jump in... I, my grandson's car seat is in the in the front. Uh -huh. So we can't move it, don't have time to move it. So I kind of sit on top of it. We see him come around the corner. He's going down here. We pull up beside him. Hey, stop, stop. We want to talk to you. And he just keeps on running. And he's, he's looking at us. I mean, we're this close to him, you know. And he keeps on running. Then Roddy pulls out at some point. I don't remember exactly. Anyway, he pulls out. We've already passed this house. I think he lives the second house down there on the left. Anyway, we've already passed this house. The guy turns around. And he starts running back this way. Roddy pulls out in his truck and kind of blocks him. So I said, Travis, go back that way. He said, no, I'm going to go head him off. So sure enough, he comes around. We come back down here, and he's right here. And he starts he starts running past us. So Travis backs up and says, hey, stop, stop. We want to talk to you. Or something to that effect. I don't remember the exact words that was on the I'm in, By this time, I'm in the back of the truck. So the guy, I mean, he's looking dead at us. You know, I mean, he's like, me to you. And he turns and he runs. Travis gets out with the damn shotgun and runs up there. And, you know, I said, Travis, don't, don't shoot. Don't do anything. The guy turns and comes at him. And they start wrestling, and Travis shoots him around the damn chest. He had to, the guy was trying to take the shotgun away from him. He's got a little video. So there you have it. Greg McMichael describing what happened from his point of view just moments after Ahmaud Arbery was shot and killed. It doesn't get any more fresh than that. And, just like Travis did moments earlier, Greg asks officers if they'd help him get Ahmad's blood off of him. And Greg also says this. I would like to get his blood off. I, I rolled I understand him that. To, to, check the, to check his pulse. Yeah. 
or didn't roll him. I pulled his hand out funny because he had his hand stuck up under his head. I pulled his arm out, and then I realized he didn't have anything in his hand and saw that this, this ain't going to last long. Give me just a minute. You know, I was chief investigator with the DA's office for okay. 23 years, so I know what you got to do. Yep. I, know, I know everything, you know. Yeah, we're just, we're, we just, you know, can roll take our, our time. Can roll the bases. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I, we're, we're here to help. It was just a damn melee. The officer then takes photos of Greg's hands. When this happens, Greg repeats what he did to Ahmad as he lay in the street. And he notes he was still alive. When he, he went down, face down, and his arm was tucked up underneath him. And I didn't know if he was going for a weapon or what, because at that point he was still breathing. Yeah. So I just I pulled his arm out to, to see if there was a weapon in it. Right. And once I realized there wasn't, that's, that's okay. the, only, the only contact I had with him. Greg then asks a question any father would want to know about his son under these kind of circumstances. Y'all don't put him in cuffs, are you? No, 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 no. Why would he be in cuffs? Well, I, I can't see him through that. No, no, he's in the ambulance right now. They're cleaning some of the blood off. I got you. So when the officer responded, why would he be in cuffs, that showed the police had no immediate intention of arresting or detaining anyone, even though an unarmed man had been chased down and shot three times with a shotgun. Greg tells the officer what had previously happened in the neighborhood. Several nights ago, the guy, he's, on numerous occasions, the guy has broken into a house over here. And they've got him on video. But same nobody, house? Same house. Nobody could ever ever catch him. They've had him on video going into, uh, into that house numerous times. Can we get that video? Not yes, this yes, second. yes, okay. yes, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, they got him on video going in this house two or three times. Well, Travis is leaving the neighborhood the other night, and it's little, he's got a little uh, Volkswagen Jetta. As he's leaving the neighborhood, he looks over in the, in, to the left and sees this guy walking across a neighbor's yard. You know, and the guy, he says the guy's acting shady, and, he, and he'd, see, he'd seen the video, so he knew that it was a black male with short dreads, or, or I don't know what you call those things. But anyway, so Travis stops and backs up, and as he's backing up, he put the ass end of his car into that road right this over there. a couple nights ago. Yeah. Not to, okay. yeah. Uh, Rash was out here. Rash took the report. Rash has taken the report numerous times on this guy entering this, this house that's under construction okay. that has video in it. Okay. The Rash he's referring to is police officer Robert Rash, who responded to the scene after Travis called 911. So the guy is, as Travis is backing around, he's walking in the shadow to keep from, you know, being illuminated. So Travis is trying to do it nonchalantly out like you can see. So at some point the lights hit him, the guy hauls ass into the house. Travis runs down to the house to get me. We take off, I arm myself, he arms himself, we take off back down there. In the meantime, the owner of the house is a banker over, I think he's a banker, over an album, and he's got everything on video and it pops up on his computer. There's an alarm, on an alarm. And so he calls um, uh, Diego another neighbor down the street. He says, Diego, there's somebody in the house. So Diego actually beat me down there. So Diego's walking around with a with a uh, 1911 in there. And I, I recognize Diego, and I identify myself to him. I don't want to get involved in that damn, you know, back and forth. So. The Diego Greg is referring to is a neighbor, Diego Perez. Rash gets here and two or three other officers. I don't know them. I used to know every officer down there, but right. since I retired, new guys coming. Anyway, so uh, I, we're all talking 
we can't find him. We search the the ground, search the backyards, everything. So he, he disappears. So, but I've seen these videos, so I know what the guy looks like. Black male. He wears short pants generally, a white t-shirt. He's got these little short dreads. I don't know what the hell you call them, but anyway. Greg then repeats what happened from the time he saw Ahmad run past him in his front yard to the shots being fired. Even though it happened just moments before, Greg doesn't get the number of shots fired by Travis right. So, I, you know, it was, it's all such a damn blur. I couldn't tell you exactly. I may have stuff slightly out of order, but... <clears throat> so, but how many shots were there? Two. Two. And yeah. what happened? So you heard two shots? I saw them. You saw, saw them? Yeah. In fact, uh, if... It, <coughs> to be honest with you, if I could have got a shot at God, I shot him myself. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Finally, we see the body cam video of Officer Minchu, who walks up to Roddy. The officer has no idea what Roddy has seen or what he did. How you doing, sir? Hey, All right, so what, you're a passerby coming through? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. Well, that's for sure. All right, so where were you located at? Working on the porch. I'm on the porch, and I see him running by, and I see them come by in the white truck. Okay, you guys running by this direction? Okay, running that direction. I didn't want to interrupt. So when I we see did receive him, a call from I another man. Like the people were getting broken into out here. Right, you know, so I hollered at them. I said, y'all got him? And... He just kept running. He was full bore running down Burford. Um, they got down to the end down there somewhere. I must have passed him because I pulled out of my driveway. was going to try to block him. But he was going all around it, and I made a few moves at him, you know. Um, and he he didn't stop. He ran down here, and I stopped about where the fire truck is. And then he, he this way. So I came this way. He got down around the end down there. About halfway, actually, not quite at the end. All right, pause for a minute. Around. So first he was running this way. Yep. Then he came back. Yep. All right, come up kinda this way. Me, he kind of chilled for a second right there. Okay. Got his breath, and then come okay. this way. Okay. I went that way. And he was still running, jogging and running, at least at this point? Was he still oh, running? Oh, yeah, he was okay. running like an old ass. Okay. Um, and they started coming from that way. Okay, they is in this white truck. White truck, yeah. And I tried to kind of block him again. I didn't okay. really know who that was at the time, but okay. um, I tried to block him again. That didn't happen. They went around me, so I turned around, come back. About the time I was fixing to get out the truck or see what he was doing, he started coming back towards me. Did you catch what Roddy just said about Ahmad? Quote, I didn't really know who that was at the time, unquote. Well, it seems to me it might be hard for Roddy to raise a citizen's arrest claim, if he didn't really know who Ahmad was at the time and what he was up to, other than being a black man running down the street, being chased by two white guys in a pickup. By the way, I should note that the license plate on the front of Travis's pickup had a replica of the old Georgia flag, the one dominated by the St. Andrew's Cross of the Confederacy. That flag was adopted in 1956 by the state legislature. It was seen as a defiant act in response to the U.S. Supreme Court's Brown v. Board of Education decision allowing the integration of schools. I don't know why Travis had it on his truck, but you still see it from time to time on the front license plates of cars and pickups around the state of Georgia. Back to Roddy. 
Here he is replaying the final moments of the chase. They all okay. jump out in the damn truck. He turns around, comes, sees me. He turns back around and starts hauling ass that way. Okay. He's out the truck on the driver's side, and he had the shotgun. Okay, who did? The driver's side. The the driver of the truck had the shotgun. Right, okay. uh, Travis over there. I guess all right, so pause one minute so I can get it right. So when he got out with the shotgun, where was the black male that time? Man, I want to say about the middle of this driveway. Okay. But on the road right there. Yes. And then Travis. That's fine. Really, hey, take, first of all, take your time. You're good, man. He all never right. really raised his gun to him. Okay. But about that time, he come over and started just welling on his face. The black dude started hitting the white guy in the face. Okay. And this occurred where? Around the driveway uh, or right here? Around the driveway area. Around the driveway area. Okay. Yep. Now, did the, the this gentleman here, right? Did, did he walk up to the black guy with the shotgun? No, it was Travis. The okay, the other guy. With all the blood. Like Greg, Roddy gets some of the facts wrong about what happened next. He says Greg is now out of the truck at this point, when in fact, Greg was standing in the back bed. So come around, around the other side, okay. Greg, come around the other side. With a pistol. With a pistol. Okay. Um, by that time, guy, the gentleman here standing on this side of the truck with a shotgun. Yep. Okay. And they were hitting on each other. All right, Paul's right there for me. All right. He's right here with a shotgun. Mm -hmm. This guy went around the other side with a, a handgun. Mm -hmm. Black gentleman standing right here around the driveway area. Well, he's still in the road. He never okay, so right in the, the road there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, at what point, what happened there with the, with the three individuals? Who? Man, who? I, I think the black guy come over. I mean, like I say, the gun was about like this. Okay. I remember seeing. The gun was okay. about like this. black guy come over and started welding his head. Okay. On Travis's head. Okay. If you're listening closely, you can also hear in the background Greg telling another officer what you previously heard him say. It's kind of surreal. You said the black guy was punching the white guy in the face, right? In the head? Yeah. While he's punching him, where is... Uh... Most of the time it's down like this. <laughs> okay. And Travis really can't get away from him. can't pull up okay. with the shotgun. Um, I think Travis even gets a lick or two in. Okay. And the other black guy gets another lick or two in. And about that time the shotgun gets raised up. And he pulls the trigger. Okay. And then it seems like it goes for a second of struggling again. Okay. I mean, like, good ten seconds maybe. Okay. Before, again. I think I heard three, three shots. Roddy is next asked a question I'm sure the defense will hammer home over and over and over again at trial. Caller advised there was a group of kids running and he saw... And you observed, as, during this altercation, you observed him... You know, able to. Caller advised that he does have an 232, but he was advised to put it you up. See the, you see this guy here, which is Travis. You see him get a couple licks in, too. Was he defending himself? Did yeah. Like he was defending himself to you? Yeah. I mean, if the guy would have stopped, you know, I mean, find out what was going on, he obviously was up to okay. okay. I mean, this would have never happened. Um, okay. You know, should we have been chasing him? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's safe to say now they shouldn't have been chasing him given that Ahmad was shot and killed, and Greg, Travis, and Roddy have been in jail for several months now. Almost nine minutes into the interview, Officer Minshew asks a question that would ultimately change everything. Nobody got us on video? You just witnessed it, yeah, right? I got it. You I got it on video? I ain't looked at it. Okay. You ready? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, Roddy then explains why he took it. At what point did you start videoing? Well, I thought he was going to get away. Okay. So that was so you. You was getting trying to get a, uh, capture who he looked like. Yeah, I mean to be honest with you, I probably got two videos, three videos. I mean, it probably okay. started over here. I don't know what I got because okay. half the time I was trying to drive. Uh -huh. Then I realized I had my damn seatbelt on. So I could 
phone okay. through their damn windshield trying to chase this joker. Okay. You know, so I kind of threw the phone down so they didn't tell them what's on there, to be honest with you. Okay. But I think this is on there. Okay. Because at this point, I could see his face with my, my camera. Okay. And because he had turned back around coming this way, so that's the reason I, could, I picked the phone back up the video at that point. All right. Yeah, let's take a look, man. At that point, they were standing outside of Roddy's truck. Minshew and Roddy then go inside the truck. Minshew takes Roddy's phone and begins playing the video, and the two men watch it together. Minshew says he's going to need Roddy to bring his cell phone by the police station so they can download it there. The file is just too large to send by email, Minshew says. Roddy then recounts once again what he saw and what he did after seeing Greg and Travis chasing Ahmad down the road. And Minshew asked another important question. You told me what you observed. Um, tell me, if you don't mind, tell me what, what, what did you hear? Best, best that you can remember. What did you hear? Begin with stop. What'd you do? Or something like that. What'd you steal? What'd you do? Coming out of the truck. Okay. Um, the black guy never said a word. I mean, I had my window down, was right up here close to him a couple times, okay. you know. He never said a word. Um, and just struggling and, and stop. And so you kept hearing that repeatedly? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so you heard him, you know, stop, what you do, all that. Okay, then what? And then when it was here, um, I, you know, I was still hearing... Quit or stop or something right here. I mean, it was, and that was out of the white guys. The, you know, the black guy never said anything. And then after that, about the only thing I really remember hearing was just struggling between the two. Did you notice one thing Roddy didn't say he heard? He didn't say he heard Travis say effing inward. Minshew then tells Roddy an investigator will want to talk to him later. Roddy's free to go for now. At some point, I'm sure here in a little bit, an investigator come out. They're going to, you know, even though I've talked to you and I'm going to uh, write in my narrative, like we talked, an investigator is going to be the one investigating the whole thing thoroughly, so they're, they're going to probably want to talk to you too, okay? Sure. Hopefully by then, man, you can go home, get your little glass of tea or something, and uh, get, get this out of your, your sight for a minute, okay? That was the immediate aftermath of Ahmad's fatal shooting on February 23rd of last year. Nothing happened for weeks until Roddy's cell phone video became public and the GBI got involved. Greg and Travis McMichael were arrested and charged with Ahmad's murder on May 7th. Roddy was arrested and charged two weeks later. We reached out to the lawyers representing all three men for their takes on the video. I was able to record an interview with Jason Sheffield, one of Travis McMichael's lawyers. His law office is only about five minutes from where I now work my home. When you match what you see beginning to unfold, Travis's shock, uh, the fact that he is totally exasperated and uh, out of breath himself, the fact that he's confused, almost lost in what just happened. And when you, when you match that with the story of, of what had happened in the preceding 10 minutes of all that, I think the video shows a man who had just experienced the most horrific, horrifying interaction of his life. One that instantly changed him. One that he never wanted to experience. That's Sheffield. He never imagined 
that when he left his child from putting him down, you know, for a nap or, or feeding him just moments before that, that he would literally be engaged in a fight over his gun from a man who was attacking him. And that his only recourse would be to pull the trigger of that gun three times to stop the attack. Sheffield said the video showed Travis was in shock and asking, why did this have to happen? He would have just kept running. If he, if he just would have run past me, this would have never have happened. And I think those statements, along with his physical reaction, cuts to the core of the truth of what happened to him. At no point did he ever point a gun at him. At no point did he ever chase him down like he was hunting him. He just wanted to talk. And I think the videos prove that that was his intent. Sheffield also addressed accusations that Ahmad's killing was a hate crime. To entertain the idea that Travis and his father were motivated by hate on this day, you would have to believe that they saw this as an opportunity to end the life of a person that they hated because of their color. And if they decided that that was their goal and that they sought to carry out a hate crime because that's who they were at their core, number one, they could have done it a lot sooner because they had opportunities where they were engaging in this person where they were actually trying to talk with him. But a person that hates, a person that wants to kill because of that hate does not react and feel uh, the way that Travis reacted and felt immediately following that. And, and thankfully, the body cam of the officer that shows up within 15 seconds or 20 seconds of the shooting, it shows that. As to what Roddy told Officer Minshew when asked what he'd heard? He tells the police, let me tell you what I heard. I heard stop. I heard, you know, screaming. I, I heard the, Travis and his father. Stop. Stop right there. But not ever did he say he heard Travis, after the shooting, say the effing N-word. After Travis and Greg Michael had been arrested, now they're asking, what did you hear? Now he's saying, oh, I forgot to mention that Travis said effing N-word over Mr. Arbery as he died. Frank Hogue, one of Greg's lawyers, emailed me his impressions of the body cam footage. If you remember, during the bond hearing for the last episode, Prosecutor Jesse Evans accused Greg of improperly trying to insert himself into the investigation by repeatedly telling responding officers he used to be a cop. Not surprisingly, Hogue sees it differently. Here's what he said, and I quote, Greg's comments mean, A, I'm no danger to you officers, I'm former law enforcement, and B, I understand that you must conduct a thorough investigation, which I want you to do. I understand that and will cooperate in it because I once conducted such investigations too. And I know that doing it right is what is required and will in the end support our justification for doing what we did. Hogue also said Greg endeavored to tell the complete accurate truth each time he recounted what happened to the officers. He also gave a full recorded interview later that same afternoon at the police department. That's consistent with his body cam statements, Hogue said. Hogue added, we embrace Greg's account of what happened and will stand by it through trial. The case turns on intent, and the acts are not much in dispute, if at all, since many of them, particularly the shooting itself, are caught on video, he said. If that's the case, then intent can best be found by one's honest account of what it was. Greg and Travis intended to detain Arbery long enough for police to arrive 
to conduct an investigation into whether Aubrey was one of the people burglarizing the English house and others, as well as committing thefts from vehicles, carports, and the like in the Satilla Shores neighborhood, Hoag said. Summing up, he said, whether Travis's shooting of Ahmaud Arbery justified an act of self-defense turns on whether Greg and Travis were conducting a citizen's arrest in accordance with the law, which we will argue at trial they were. Greg's statements at the scene recorded on body cams support that intent defense, Hogue said. We reached out to Roddy Bryan's lawyer, Kevin Goff, for his thoughts on the body cam footage. He referred us to a motion he had just filed, asking once again for Roddy to be released on bond. Goff's motion said Roddy was unarmed, was a considerable distance away from the shooting when it occurred, and is indisputably the least culpable person charged. Without Roddy taking the cell phone video, many details of the tragic shooting would be lost forever, Goff wrote, and he added, as they say, no good deed goes unpunished. The motion also said Roddy suffers from uncontrolled high blood pressure. A recent check by medical staff at the county jail recorded a reading of 201 over 114, Goff said. Unable to get Roddy's blood pressure under control, doctors have now prescribed him a sedative or tranquilizer to try to reduce his anxiety. But such medications have side effects, the motion said. We've reached out to the lawyers representing Ahmad's family to get their impressions of the recently released video footage. We've not heard back, but rest assured, we'll keep on trying. We do have this. After the body cam videos were made public, one of the family's lawyers, Ben Crump, sent out this tweet. With the murderous teamwork of William Roddy Bryan and the McMichaels exposed for the world to see, we are confident that this will bring us one step closer to justice for the Arbery family. Crump also focused on the body cam footage of Bryan's initial interview with Officer Minshew. His tweet, Bryan tried to absolve himself of having any part in Ahmad Arbery's modern-day lynching, but this newly released body cam footage confirms what we long suspected. He clearly used his truck to block Ahmad's escape from the McMichaels. Obviously, perspective seems to be everything in this case. It's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. It won't be any time soon. Late last year, Georgia's Chief Justice Harold Melton lifted a restriction for jury trials, allowing them to begin anew. They'd been suspended since March because of the pandemic. But just weeks after Melton said they could begin he signed a new order suspending them again because of a surge of COVID cases in Georgia. So, no trial date yet. In the meantime, the defense attorneys had an end-of-the-year deadline to file pretrial motions. They filed a slew of them before New Year's. In one of them, the McMichael's lawyers asked that they be allowed to present evidence at trial of Ahmad's run-ins with the law dating back a number of years. We'll delve into that in our next episode. Next, on Breakdown. I remember I was laying back on the couch and I just, uh, my mom was sitting right next to me in her recliner and I kind of got up and put my feet on the floor and I looked at my mom and I said, I told her, we call him Mark Quez. I said, Quez has been killed. And I just was in a numb state. It's a, it's a feeling I think I've never felt before. As always, thanks so much for listening. Please, please stay safe during this pandemic. Practice social distancing and wear a mask when you're out in a crowded area. For those of you now eligible to get a vaccine, get in line. Until next time, I'm Bill Rankin.
You've been listening to Breakdown, hosted by Bill Rankin, produced by Asia Simone Burns and Bill Rankin, edited by Jennifer Brett, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Ewan, sound design by Asia Simone Burns. Special thanks to Kevin Riley, Sean McIntosh, Lever Chapman, and Pete Corson. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite download app. We also invite you to listen to the previous seven seasons of Breakdown. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.